Welcome everybody to the Marvel Guys podcast. My name is Jordan, and as always, I am with the fan of a certain undefeated team named the Steelers. How are we doing today? I'm doing great. It's uh, it's been a great season so far. Uh, we've been lucky in some aspects, but uh, yeah, thrilled. Luck is all part of the game. Yeah. So. We have a special episode today for everybody. Um, we are going to go over our news and notes as always. Uh, but then the main topic of the day is going to be the thoughts and projections of one Spencer um, as we go over some ideas that he has uh, in terms of storytelling within the Marvel Universe. So. Stay tuned, uh, and we will be going off of that. He has not told me anything, and we will all be reacting to it live. Yeah, it's all written in notes. Um, I'm excited. Uh, yeah. Basically, it is, what if I wrote a comic book? And I don't know. It's something I've always kind of wanted to do, and I thought, you know, hey, it could be uh, a small part of the show uh, while things are kind of and a lull because of COVID and everything, uh, filming delays, uh, movie release delays. So uh, why not give it a crack, man? Absolutely. And we are going to jump into some news and notes here. And we've got a few main topics, but the first one that she brought up to me earlier was the potential of Oscar Isaac at uh, as Moon Knight. And there hasn't been a whole lot of news uh, coming from this show. There's been a whole lot of speculation, but nothing concrete. So when you first heard this name, um, what what was popping out to you? I thought it was perfect. Like, I mean, I know it's like not an actual casting, but, you know, if they came out tomorrow and said Oscar Isaac is Moon Knight, I would be giddy with excitement. Um. Judging from like his previous works as like Poe uh, in Star Wars uh, and when he played Apocalypse in the X-Men, uh, I mean, I think that I think he'd be a great addition for the Marvel, like the MCU. Um, and I think Moon Knight would be something that he could easily do um, and do well. It's always been um, nice to get somebody with prior experience in uh, a major motion picture, I guess you'd call it. Uh, so that I thought when I saw that name and noticed what he had also done, it shows me that uh, he can hit that mark. Uh, it's not too big for him. And I, I've enjoyed his work so far, so I would be interested in um, seeing him project this character that I have limited information about um, and you have a more extensive history with Moon Knight, though it's not one of the, mm -hmm. the many that you've you know been close with over the years. Right. Um, what do you see in him that stands out to you that maybe he would be able to fulfill this character's role? Um, I think he shows like to me. Okay, so like I said, he played Poe in Star Wars, and to me, Poe was actually like my favorite character of all the new Star Wars films. He was absolutely my favorite character because he showed a lot of different range and it wasn't just like 
you know, the writing, it was his acting too. Like, I don't know what it was. Like, I kind of felt those emotions conveyed through what he was able to do. And I thought that, you know, he nailed the role. Um, and in regards to Moon Knight, Moon Knight has a lot of things going on. There's a lot of emotional things going on. Uh, it, I mean, it also depends on what kind of book they're basing the series off of or if they're taking inspiration from a specific book. But the, uh, and I've referenced it in the past on one of the other episodes, but I think it was around 2016 or 17. There was a, a series of Moon Knight comics that came out in that era that I think were some of the best comic books recently written uh, that might go completely unnoticed or like under the rug or whatever, but they're, they're really good. Um, and I think that uh, he would actually be able to pull off those because I mean, it's almost like he would be playing two or three different roles in one if they went off of that series. And I think he could do that easily and, you know, convey those same emotions. Yeah, he was actually, he might have been my favorite character in Star Wars as well. I loved his practicality mm -hmm. in a world where everybody's uh, cosmic in a way and like they have these weird things going on on every single planet. He's just always kind of like, how can we get done what we're trying to get done that's right in front of us? Yeah. It's not really necessarily the big picture, though. And, and you know, in the end, he is um, somewhat of a hero. Uh, it's it's something where he was just like, let's just focus on the task at hand. And I don't think that story was meant for him to be the one you focus on. But he did uh, in his scenes kind of felt like to me was the main character uh, mm -hmm. in his scenes. And if you can win your role, your scene, then you're doing your job. Yeah. So I would be very intrigued to see him play this out. I love Batman, as many other people do. And um, considering the uh, consistencies between the two of them, uh, it would be really fun to see a, you know, maybe a similar, you know, tone yeah. in the MCU. So yeah. if we could get a little bit darker with uh, the Batman uh you know, the good and the bad of his role. I think that'd be really fun to counteract some of the cheery, you know, Spider-Man is in New York. He's just out there having fun. You're never really afraid or uh, think he's in too much of danger because he's Spider-Man where right. he has these abilities to get out of any situation. And sometimes Batman has to choose between uh, the less of lesser two evils. Um, and so if Moon Knight presents me with a similar... Um, opportunities to root for something knowing that I have to give something up that is something I'd love to see introduced into the MCU that they've threaded in here and there uh, but sometimes you got to lose something to you know feel that emotion and move forward with the the role that really is you know taking over right it's the it's the hero's journey is loss and growth and I, I almost feel like at this point, Kevin Feige should just give a contract to Oscar Isaac because I just think that he's like... <laughs> you, should, you should be his agent. Yeah, because I, I mean, it's just... 
Moon Knight has the potential to be one of the leading shows, or if not the leading show uh, on Disney Plus, if it's done right. Like I know, obviously, Mandalorian. I'm a massive Mandalorian fan, and I love the show. I was extremely ecstatic at the end of uh, season two, episode one, which came out a few days ago. Um, and um, I, I still feel like if it's done right, and there's enough of a budget there for it, Moon Knight could be there's a probably budget. the most successful show on Disney Plus that they've done because of just the implications of what could be happening. Like it's it's crazy. That style works well for a television show too. It does. Um, the the Batman, you know, series was always really fun. Um and if we can get something elongated because you know, when it comes to those kinds of shows when you put realism into a story, which um, is where Moon Knight's kind of um, weighed down with, even though, of course, it's Marvel. There's some cosmic entity. Um, when you put practicality and realism into a, a product, it's easier to flesh out a show rather than a two-hour movie. Mm -hmm. And I think it'll be really fun. I think if you... I love movies, pro probably more than TV shows. However... If you're really passionate about a character or, or a show or a product, um, then you should be happy when it gets a TV series because you get to explore it more in depth. Yeah. Um, That's why I was so ecstatic about Daredevil when when, when we got Daredevil on, on Netflix. Um, and the Defenders, obviously, because that ties in. Um, but, I mean, and, and then the way that they executed that was incredible. Um that was one of the most entertaining things that I've seen, you know, that, that Marvel's done uh, in the last five years. I mean, sure, there's cinematography like, you know, you see in like a Thor movie or you see in Infinity War and Endgame and stuff like that. But like Daredevil is still amazing to me. If I if I could right now, I'd actually go back and watch all three seasons again, <laughs> like it's that easy of a watch for me. Like I'm, I love that show so much. So with that being said, we have more than a few Spider-Man topics that we want to get into here. Um, the first thing I guess we can discuss is the possibility of Spider-Men mm. in Spider-Man three. Yeah. And by that, I mean, we don't know how many Spider-Men there is going to be in this movie. Uh, we're guessing there's going to be at least one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least one. Um, yeah. <laughs> Peter Parker should be making an appearance in some capacity. Um, but beyond that, who knows? You know, we got the possibility of Tobey Maguire, um, Andy, Andrew Garfield, yeah. and um, you even brought up the possibility of Miles Morales. Mm -hmm. Probably a less likely um, option. But but it's there. You know what's what are your thoughts on the, the chances of this? Are you surprised? Uh, are you excited? Are you wary? Um, what's what's the reactions to this? Well, I think that the way that things could be going for the MCU, I think it's not too far out of the like realm of possibility that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield make an appearance in this movie. Um. 
And also, the one of the biggest pieces of news that we have for Spider-Man 3 is the fact that Doctor Strange is cast in it. And I think that that also leans heavily towards the idea that there would be more than one Peter Parker uh, in the film. Um, we know that just based off of the title of the Doctor Strange 2, that it's we're looking at a multiverse. We know that judging from the trailer uh, of WandaVision, that there's multiversal like applications in play. So I, I think it's almost like a shoe in that we possibly could see one or both of them in, in this film. Uh, you know, we could see, Oh man, I, I think the craziest thing that we could maybe see are like some of the old villains or something like that from like the Tobey Maguire movie. Like, you know, Oh, like how crazy would it be to see like Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin again? Right. I was going like to throw that. something at you. What do you think are the possibilities of an uh, endgame style intervention into previous movies? Not necessarily that they're traveling back in time or whatever, whatever you want to say. What I mean is, do you think we might see a scene from the Tobey Maguire movie or a scene from the Andrew Garfield movie? where they're kind of interrupt while they're perhaps uh, multiverse traveling? I don't think it'll be in that arena. It could be. It easily could be. But I, I think it would be more based off of, see, I have an idea of what what's going on with this. Yeah, so when I saw that Doctor Strange was cast in this movie, I automatically assumed that, okay, well, Doctor Strange is now basically the Iron Man of the MCU going forward, meaning that he's probably the most central or most important person within the Marvel universe now and going forward because I think that, and I mean, it's obvious, I think to this point now that he's the only one that knows of the multiverse. Uh, you could say Peter Parker too, but like we all know now that like Mysterio was lying what about, about being a different there being him being from a different universe. Um, but I mean, at the same time, like I just feel like with, with what they're doing, what, where they're going, I think that Dr. Strange could be that guy. And I think the scene that we'll see possibly could be something along the lines of like Dr. Strange pulling Peter Parker aside and saying something like, you know, Hey, there are a lot more things going on like i think what we'll see maybe is like spider-man basically fighting for his life against multiple foes dr strange helping him but then dr strange also explaining to him that like this isn't the only thing you got to be worried about because there's a literal multiverse going on and there's different things popping off it might be directly related to wanda because i think maybe I think I've made this prediction in the past before too with like Wanda maybe exploring the multiverse on accident or on purpose to try to, you know, find vision. It certainly seems like an accident based on that trailer. Yeah. Because they both don't know how they got there. Paul Bettany certainly doesn't, Vision's right. character. Um it, it, man, this could be this could be huge. I and I think I mean it, it's so awesome because I think, you know, Doctor Strange is one of those characters that we haven't we've seen a lot of, but we haven't seen enough at the same time. 
He's like, only got one movie so far. When we've when we did our top ten heroes, you know, that was one of the knocks on him. Like he's extreme he's insanely powerful. I think I had him four. Yeah. He, on he's one movie. He's insanely powerful. Uh but we've only seen one movie. Uh of his. Yeah, right, right. But um yeah, I think that I think that there's repercussions from from in game, basically. And I think there's there's the thing that makes it beautiful to me is that there's probably going to be an endless amount of uh repercussions. You know, I think there's a potential for a, a shred, a fracture within the multiverse that you know completely destroys our reality or you know alters everything going forward um there's the potential obviously for galactus things like that so but i I think that dr strange being cast in this movie indicates to me we'll see andrew garfield we'll see toby mcguire possibly um yeah so i have a few questions based off your answer there Mm -hmm. um so my first one would be, do you think you mentioned he would introduce the multiverse to Peter in a way of Showing saying, him. hey, be careful. This isn't the only danger. Do you think he could potentially say, hey, this isn't the only way to fight. I can get you yeah. these people Yeah, I, uh, I think that's on a, your behalf. Because yeah. one topic I want to do is ranking what we think will be the most important movies of the next phase. I, I like that. Because I think that's really exciting, and I don't yeah. want to ask you that question right now, but it feels like they're setting this third movie up to be the most important film yeah. moving forward. I don't know if that means it's going to, you know, it seems like every other year there's another monster blockbuster movie that's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it seems like uh, we're going to get a lot of things right now. This could be the the Avengers 2 of, you know, Phase right. 4 um, right. that sets a lot of things up. And so do you think he's going to be his mentor moving forward? Is yes. That, okay. Yes. I, I think he'll be the mentor role for Peter. Um, well, they kind of set that up in Infinity War. They did. You know, because he was like annoyed by this little kid but kind of entertained and amused yeah. and, and then, they had time together they were the only ones together right. that are you know human yeah. so uh you know tony left obviously and i think he saw the heart uh the, the pain in in uh peter's heart yeah and i mean in those in the portal you know in the alternate dimension or whatever right. like when they were uh dusted they were obviously had time together. So, um, yeah, I think, I think that he's probably more than likely going to show him different portals that open up into different universes. Um, and that's where we'll see maybe some scenes possibly from like the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man or the, the, the OG Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, he could possibly like enlist help for him if needed, uh, which I think it that could be really cool because I, I really truly feel like we're going to have some kind of Sinister Six situation popping off within Spider-Man 3 because now that I know Doctor Strange is in this film, also I'm thinking 
like before I didn't want the Spider-Man series to end. I wanted there to be at least like four, maybe five Spider-Man movies. But now I'm like, okay, I'm fine with them ending it at three because I think he'll probably get like that Tony Stark type deal, Robert Downey Jr. type deal where he's going to probably be in another three to four, maybe five movies, but they're not going to be literal Spider-Man movies. All right. When was the last Iron Man? Oh my goodness. 2016, maybe? No. 2014. Really? Maybe. Because one and two were so early. One and two were really early. I think three was actually earlier than that. Made his exit in 2019. I think three may have been 2012. That's crazy. And then he's just kind of been going around. I don't, man, it's so hard to remember. But, uh, well, Avengers came out in 2012. So Iron Man 3 would probably be like 13 or 14, something like that. So do you think this is the movie where um, Peter grows up when he's no longer, you know, like a lot of this has been based on I'm a kid, he's a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, eventually he has to stop being a kid and be Spider-Man, right? Right. I think this is it. Um, I think there'll be some backlash within that scene of Doctor Strange showing him the multiverse and showing him what lies out there. And a little mental Peter, scarring, perhaps. Yeah, and, and Peter basically being defiant to that and saying, I'm just a kid, man. Like you can't expect this of me, whatever, you know, still, even though like, you know, Nick Fury kind of pushed him into adulthood real quick. I mean, that's, that's entirely what Spider-Man two was about. So I think that in this one, there might be some backlash with, with him and strange, but I think at the end of the day, I think this is probably where he grows up the most and becomes probably the face of the franchise going forward. And this is a really interesting spot because there's no Avengers anymore. There's no, no uh, there's really very little camaraderie between, you know, who's left anybody. Right. You know? Right. Um, sure. Thor is on, you know, the guardian ship, but they, they just met, you know, right. um, in reality. And he's also not like a leader. Right, he's a he's a vigilante of sorts that's mm-hmm. just kind of running around. So to me, the the Avengers initiative is is done right now. You know, it, there's yeah. nothing there. There's no getting the band back together because there's no band. There's right. No, your leaders are gone. It's, right. Uh, Thor was not the leader, and he never wanted to be. Uh, Cap and Iron Man were by far the guys, and so that leaves the mantle. And early predictions for me was going to be Black Panther. And obviously we're not going to get that anymore. So I think that leaves Doctor Strange and Spider-Man as the two most likely to take those top two leadership positions. My my thoughts on that are that there are two two leaders uh, going forward from now on. And I never... It wasn't a knock, but I just didn't think that Black Panther would be one of them, even when, you know, Chadwick was, was still with us. I just felt like the two that would probably be the most impactful going forward would be Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel. And I felt like the friction between those two characters possibly going forward could maybe lead to like Civil War Two. Both which, very stubborn. There was a Civil War two in the comics, which we all kind of know about uh, with, with Captain Marvel and Iron Man. Um, and I think that that kind of 
kind of makes sense to me. And I think that, you know, I think Dr. Strange, where, where the friction lies for me is Dr. Strange kind of knows things about the multiverse based off of his magic. Captain Marvel probably knows more about it based off of her exploration and based off of like firsthand experience. Right. So she's going to be like, no, we need to do this because I've already seen it. And Dr. Strange is like, well, I like that. You know what I mean? Like, I think that kind of creates a care, like a flow. And I think also, I mean, we have so many things coming forward or going forward within, uh, the MCU, like we, we know that there's a possibility of us getting Fantastic Four. We know there's potential for the X-Men to come in. Right. Uh, well, and can I add to your thoughts there? Right. Right. Like, right. 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 <laughs> um, what was one of the, you know, they whether they liked each other or not, to me, doesn't matter as much as what is the one thing that both Captain America and Iron Man had that no other character had? access to information that nobody else had. Yeah. And that was where the trust was lost because right. Cap knew about Winter Soldier and Iron Man's family. Yeah. And Iron Man is a Stark. Yeah. He inherently knows more than anybody else. And he said, I've been thinking about Thanos since before you guys even were, you know, worried about anything. And, and you know, and what you said about the Avengers initiative plays into what I was discussing with Captain Marvel and Doctor Strange because the Avengers initiative was created based off of Captain Marvel and her relationship with Nick Fury. Right. Nick Fury's still here. And he sent Captain her off. Marvel's still here. You know? Exactly. Well, yeah. So, like... She ran. I, I think that access of information could potentially still be there within the just Nick Fury and Captain Marvel relationship. Um and then, I mean, Nick Fury and Doctor Strange, I don't think they've ever had a scene together at all. And it, it makes so. me think that you, I love what you said about Strange and um, Marvel because inherently you have Captain Marvel and Nick Fury trust Captain Marvel. Yeah. Nick Fury doesn't know Doctor Strange at all. other than who he, he is. Yeah. Um, and Doctor Strange is going to learn to trust Spider-Man. Right. So right there, you have top dog, sidekick, or whatever you want to call them. Right. Already, like yeah. ready to go, prepackaged. And, and if there's stuff going down, Spider-Man is a line for Doctor Strange to sure. Nick Fury. So that, that yeah, I I think that kind of makes the, sense. The lines have already been drawn for a future conflict is probably right. the best way to put it. And Captain Marvel, she is very just headstrong about what she needs to do. Mm-hmm. She's very practical. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, look, you don't understand. And who does understand? Dr. Strange. He's the one that's like, yeah. no, you don't understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know things you don't know. Right. So there's definitely an ego battle there. And both of them are incredibly powerful. Um, not in you know equality, but in the MCU, they're... I would, I would argue Captain Marvel is a little bit more powerful than Dr. Strange in the MCU... Um, not by character because I, Doctor Strange is just I would too. ungodly. I would too. Um, but it leaves an opening and, you know, the the lines can be drawn and, and it can extend in terms of who you are, you know, friends with. And there's a reason they didn't have Thor in the last Civil War because it just wouldn't have mm, been no. fair to one side. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you can't play today. You're too good. Right. 
Um, whereas and nobody here, wanted to die, you know. Yeah. Whereas here we have, we we have something. Yeah. I mean, th- this could be, if they do some kind of Civil War two adaptation in the film now, this could have. They'd probably severe, be at a cosmic scale too. Um, yeah, and that that's where you get into huge huge deal. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, when we look at the X Men, when we look at the Fantastic Four. We could already see lines being drawn there too, if you go that route. Within, you know, the practicality of a Wolverine and uh, Captain Marvel. You know what I mean? They're they're both just like, I'm just gonna plow through whatever the objective is. Whereas you have Reed Richards, who's extremely like, you know, mental. Uh, Mentally guided or like, you know, uh, I can't think of the word right now, but like basically he kind of like thinks things out more and is more calculating, more kind of like along the lines of a Doctor Strange. So you could, I think you can see, you know, if that's the route they go, we, we don't know yet, but like that, I think that's kind of what I'm speculating at the moment, just based off of one casting for one movie. Right. Well, it is important because if you're in somebody's movie, it probably means you are now intertwined with their series, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um and and look at Infinity War who ended up together. Mm. You know, that that had implications even after the the war was over. Here's Thor back with the Guardians, you know, he happened to run into them. Um so it all matters. All these things matter. The Easter eggs are there for a reason. And uh, they're not going to cast somebody. And and you have to remember, they're paying per movie. Yeah. Like, if they're putting Doctor Strange in there for three minutes, it's going to be a really important three minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know? And if he's in there for an hour, they're not, you know, they're going to use that hour. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to waste his appearance um, by any means. They might waste one early on just to get you more familiar with the character. But even in the, the term waste that I'm using, they're setting up something. Right. You have any other thoughts on Spider-Man or? No. Um, we can stay in the Spider-Man universe. We, we, um, yeah. Joe Mango. <laughs> Joe, Joe Man- Mango. Manganello. 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 Yeah. Uh, I like to call him the uh, lesser half of one, you know, partnership, one marriage. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, his yeah. wife is quite lovely. But uh, him as Craven the Hunter uh, he has said in the past it's his dream role, and lately, not necessarily it's been picking up steam, but fans have been very interested in uh, a creation, a drawing a put together of him as the character has been making waves, and it's just brought it back up. So is that something that you'd like to see? Of course. I think, um, well, when we look at, like, castings, in, in, in I mean, let's look at... Uh, uh, who was it that played Superman? Uh, my gosh. Names. Which one? Christopher Reeves? No. Henry Cavill? Uh, Henry Cavill. One of the things that he said when he was cast as Superman was he started reading the comics. Uh, Captain Marvel, Brie Larson, was reading the comics to, to better understand the character. Joe Manganiello already knows the character in and out. It's one of his favorite comics that he's ever read. He read it when he was younger. He continues to just be enthralled by it. It like I don't see how you could go wrong with that casting either. Um, 
And like I said, I think that some kind of Sinister Six situation is going to pop off in, in Spider-Man 3. And so it wouldn't hurt. I mean, I don't think that Jamie Foxx is going to carry that movie as a villain by himself. I don't think like, he'll have a major role. I don't I don't really think he will either. But I think that you put him with, you know, Craven and you put them with, you know, maybe like somebody to play Sandman or, you know, Venom or, or you know, like who knows. But like you can put them together and it creates this really interesting dynamic of, you know, Peter Parker's basically running for his life. So. I would be very interested in seeing it. I love people that uh, are into their roles. And obviously that's what we would have there. Um, Everybody kind of goes through a learning process for their character. And if you can get ahead of the curve, Mm -hmm. you know, then it's fantastic. And as a bonus for us fans, if they like the character, it's just a better chance that they'll last longer in it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, when it came to Spider-Man, you know, he grew up loving Spider-Man. I mean, who didn't? What what guy didn't at least um, for quite a while? And, uh, you know, freaking <laughs> Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman did a movie with an African accent before he took uh, or before he filmed Black Panther just so he could make sure that he had comfortability in playing that. Yeah. So there's there's different ways to go about this, and I really can appreciate somebody that uh, is already into the role. And mm-hmm. he looks. Let's be honest. He just looks, he like, looks like the role. Yeah. He's like, a massive guy. He's kind of the alternative to a uh, uh, Aquaman. Yeah. What's his name again? Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. Yeah. yeah. I, I've said his name more than perhaps any male human being over the last eight years, just from talking <laughs> about. Uh, yeah. Comic stuff and Game of Thrones and whatnot, right? Um, but you know, give him a beard and some time. Yeah, the guy looks incredible. So yeah, exactly. Um, or we'd be one step closer to getting like poison ivy for Sofia Vergara or something like that. <laughs> um, I'd be into it. So last on the docket here is Quicksilver's return in WandaVision. Mm. So this has multiple imp- implications. Um, mm-hmm. There's a multiverse of options here. Basically, there's some questions that go along with which Quicksilver is this? Um, is it a mutant? Is it uh, the non-mutant? Is it the same actor? Is it a different actor? Is it X-Men actor? Um, a lot of different things going on. How is he alive? Mm-hmm. Which introduces the possibility of the multiverse considering Vision's not alive either. So a lot at stake here. A lot that's very confusing. And I don't know. I'm kind of excited because I think when he died, a lot of people were like, oh, <laughs> you know, yeah, like that like, sucks. Whoa. Um, and <laughs> it worked for that story because you needed to express the the empathy and the anger of, of Scarlet exactly. Witch. Yeah. And now that she's built up, you know, freaking Captain America got his dance. Everybody's going to get their dance if they survive. Yeah, right. Uh, and... Yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting to be able to go, okay, we we got our story, but just like the comics, here's a different one that we can also enjoy. Yeah. I'm going to be bold and say that we see Evan Peters first. Uh, And I don't even think that's bold, but I think we see Evan Peters first. I think that opens up the questions from Wanda as to like 
number one, obviously, who are you? Why are you here? How did you get here? You know, things like that. And then when she realizes, oh, I can go back and bring my brother out, like, you know, that that that's something that could be done. I think it will be. I don't know. I'm a little bit, just a little bit worried that we're going to get too spoiled. Like, once this multiverse becomes fully fleshed out, we're just going to be like, and here's your superhero, and here's your superhero, and here's your superhero. And I yeah. just want to make sure that they don't give us too much. Right. Um, have our death and eat it too, <laughs> yeah. so to speak. Um, I don't want characters just returning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get it. It's a TV show with Vision and um, with Quicksilver and, and Scarlet Witch. That's that's cool. And I am very excited to see it. And I just want to make sure that we're not doing anything too crazy, you know, because you do have to have a level of practicality or else you're going to kind of run into future issues. I think that, I think that if they, the, the reason, another reason that I think that it'll be Evan Peters, Quicksilver, is when we last leave off with the X-Men, like he's alive. Like when we last saw the the MCU Quicksilver, he was obviously dead. Bullets! Bullets. <laughs> so. A lot. Um, yeah, I think that, I think it opens the door. I think, you know. I think it would be easy for them to keep the cast of people that they had from the X-Men in the last movie. And I think that that makes things a lot more like simplified for them just because like we know we're probably going to get X-Men at some point. So why not keep this young cast that did really well for me as the X-Men? So it's a whole generation of kids that grew up on that X-Men and really Less so kids, I think, and more millennials that yeah. really watched this last X-Men series. They were done so well, too. Right. I think it's the one that. thing that really hit with Fox was X-Men or X-Men-related characters. Yeah. And in particular, like this past X-Men, you know, First Class, Days of Future Past, Apocalypse, and Dark Phoenix. I think all of those movies were fantastic. Like... Um, I mean, obviously the, the big knock with dark Phoenix was, you know, and I think just that the X-Men in general is like, okay, well, it's not tied into the MCU. So, right. The more success the MCU had, the more everybody's going like, eh, it's like having a good team, but knowing you're not going to win the world series or the the Super Bowl. You're just like, what's, what's the end game here? I know it's ending soon. Yeah. You know? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to enjoy it. That's what a lot of people were saying about Dark Phoenix is like, oh, well, I know it's going to end, so I don't really care to see it or whatever. But you're missing out on like a great story. Days of Future Past is one of my favorite superhero movies like maybe ever. So I don't I don't know. I think if they were able to keep that young cast that did really well, you know, same guy that played Scott, uh, same guy, the same chick that played Storm, uh, the dude that played uh, Beast, if they were able to keep James McAvoy and uh, Michael Fassbender, that would be amazing. But I think that the X Men, 
the MCU version of the X-Men is like way too far off in the future right now for them to even maybe consider that. But it's it's out there. They're both young enough yeah. to where it could work. Just depends yeah. on where they put them. Usually, it seems like we're introduced to these characters either at a really young age or like late 30s to 40, early 40s. Right. And sometimes, I mean, actors kind of get jaded to a character. Like we know about uh, Harrison Ford and Han Solo. Um, Harrison Ford seems like that kind of guy, though. Yeah. I think he loves acting. I'm not sure he loves being around people that like his acting. I, know, he's I not a big know. fan of fanboys. Right. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. But at the same time, I just think that, like, you know, when we look at Fassbender and we look at McAvoy, like, they're such good actors that, like, you know. You don't throw that away. Right. And for them, it's like, you know, do I want to be remembered as an amazing actor or, like, you know, this award-winning actor or do I want to be remembered as Magneto? I have. You know what I mean? Like. I I think you can be both nowadays. I, I, I think, think it's you over. can, but like, do we need, there's a topic. Do we need a DiCaprio to take on a role? Is that something that the community no, needs? No. Could care less. Right. I, I don't think we need the Leo in, in the MCU right now. Do you need an Oscar? What, what, what does it need? Because that, that sentiment is still the majority. Right. And that's coming from somebody who loves comics right there of you have to choose, you know? You can be in a movie nowadays, mm-hmm. and that's that's like the first step is usually that would like career suicide to be in a movie. Right. But now, I mean, Christian Bale, you know? Christian Bale, yeah. I mean. He was probably the one that finally opened yeah, it up. You know? exactly. Even though there's been good performances before, no doubt. Um, even like going back to Christopher Reeves, he did oh, yeah. great with Superman and made it something that people were like, okay, that's mm-hmm. a movie. But, you know, I think The Dark Knight opened up uh, the critics to that you can be a great actor and enhance your profile with a superhero movie. I, so, I hope that they look at it that way. I, I really do. But I do get what you mean. Yeah. Because like, that's still a narrative. It's a it's a tightrope yeah. because it sucks. Is 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 Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man, or is he Robert Downey Jr.? I mean, he's, well, he's both. Th- that's the thing. That's, he he is, played it off. Both. Yeah. Because he's good. But to be fair, his first movie outside of Iron Man was box office trash. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't very good. Yeah. Um, but he still has so many other movie roles that he's killing it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a bit of a letdown to, you know, have a bad one after, but Early know, Sherlock Holmes is still, you know, active. And I don't think he's defined by Iron Man, but maybe one day he will be. Maybe this generation is going to be like, that's Iron Man. You know? Yeah, totally. To like, me, well, he's I mean, a great actor that yeah. hit me hardest as Iron Man, but I loved him in Zodiac. I loved him in, yeah, he was great um, in Sherlock Holmes and all kinds of little of roles that he's had along the way. Yeah. I was into, but he is Iron Man, you know? Yeah, totally. So, yeah, I get it. And that's probably one thing we're going to run into pretty soon with uh, uh, old boy Spider-Man. Um Tom Holland. Tom Holland, yes. Got him struggling on the names today. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's already uh what is he? 5 years in now, something like that. Yeah. Just about maybe 4 um, or 5. I think so. Civil he's War probably got another 5 years maybe at peak, you know. Yeah. Nobody lasts longer than probably 10. 
Uh, so yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what these guys decide to do with their careers. And he's already, unfortunately for us, Tom Holland's experiencing a lot of success elsewhere, mm-hmm. and uh, Chris Evans is as well. Yeah, uh, so good for him. He's oh, the Knives Out movie was fantastic. He was really good in that. Yeah, um, and he's been he's been in a lot of stuff. So yeah. uh, um, Sebastian Stan, good for him. Yeah, yeah, he's he's the, been crushing it. Right, and and that. That's good because it's like you measure success of a coaching staff, not necessarily by how many good teams they have, but by how many coaches on the staff get a job. Right. You know? Right. Right. One of the best coaches in the world is a coaching tree that was built. Right. Same thing with the MCU. You want to get those new actors that turn out these amazing roles in other franchises because then people trust you. Mm -hmm. You know? So, yeah. It'll be exciting to see how this goes. Um, we started with Quicksilver there somehow. Uh, got, you know, made a little spider web yeah. of information. So, is everybody ready for this? I'm really excited. I know you're ready to get into it. So, yeah, uh, I will just give you the floor and I will be here to react, respond, and uh, interject as you please or as I feel. So, go ahead. So, this is obviously going to be very like... You know, I'm not a writer by any means, um, but uh, it's just something I like to do for fun. And it's something that I've always kind of done since I was a young kid. Um, I think we'll get more into that when we do our collecting video as to why that is. But um, yeah, it's just I, I wanted to take two like random entities within the Marvel Universe. So like the Avengers or like the Fantastic Four or the X-Men and collab them with another that's kind of randomized and just kind of freelance, like write something rent, like, you know, and, and make it entertaining, make it interesting. Uh, so yeah, I, I ended up with the defenders, like the, you know, Netflix style defenders. So you have like daredevil, Luke Cage, uh, the Punisher, uh, with the Fantastic Four. Um, I didn't want to begin this as like a com- combined writing. So we'll start off with a Daredevil type series. Can I ask you a question real quick? Yeah. Uh, give us, if you could just reiterate for anybody who's, you know, a Marvel fan, but maybe, you know, they're not, they're MCU based. Mm-hmm. Who are we talking about here? Uh, list off the characters within the Fantastic Four and the Defenders that you'll be referencing uh, in terms of heroes. Uh, in terms of heroes for the Defenders, uh, mostly will be uh, Daredevil, uh, Elektra, Luke Cage, the Punisher. Um, might get into some Moon Knight. Okay. Um, and then obviously with the Fantastic Four, we're looking at Reed Richards, Sue Storm, uh, or Sue Richards, uh, Johnny Storm. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, yeah. Names. The thing. Yes. Um, so. What thing? The thing. (laughs) The thing. (laughs) Okay, cool. It's always a weird name, isn't it? Like, oh, it's the, it's the thing. Well, what thing? I wanted to make sure. (laughs) Sometimes we talk about things and, uh. Things. We assume that people know. So I just wanted to make sure everyone's aware of. Yeah. What we're what we're going with here, sure. and uh, as I said before, I have not heard any of this, so I'm excited to kind of uh, hear some thoughts splattered on a page. 
Right. So the way that I'm going to do this, like I said, we're going to start with some more like Daredevil style, uh, almost kind of like a screenplay in a way. But um, we'll start it off with the idea of Kingpin already being in a, in a position of power within Hell's Kitchen. Um, so what I wanted to in, maybe call this actually too is, you know, because that's always big. The name of a comic book is always big, but well, what I wanted to maybe call this and it's, and it's fitting because of what today is, but I wanted to maybe call this daredevil election year. Um, because I thought of this really weird, wacky idea, which you'll see, but, um, so we started off daredevil is following a lead of, uh, you know, some potential crime going on down at the uh, dock area. Um, Maybe like a shipment of drugs going into Hell's Kitchen, uh, something along those lines. Um, He senses that there's multiple like henchmen, a couple of them armed. They're unpacking a shipment off of a boat and the shipment's in a crate. Uh, he can't really pick up anything else other than that. Uh, but he can sense that there's like, obviously like highly illegal stuff going on. Um, he can hear the sound once this package is un unveiled, he can hear the sound that this henchman is turning a vial and pulling it out. And it's like in a cool chamber. So you see that image of the dude pulling it out. Um, and he decides to make his move. Uh, he begins fighting them off one by one. They're, they're, you know, low level henchmen. So it's not like a a big deal for him, but, uh, a few of them grab him. He's still trying to fight them off. One of the henchmen throws the vial to another that's on a dirt bike, making a clean getaway. Daredevil then finishes off the rest of the henchmen, but once again, the one got away with the most important piece of evidence that he had. Um, he wakes up he uh, the next day and he decides like, you know, what, what could be in this vial that's so important, you know, because obviously like he can't see. So he's all going off of sense and, and, and feel and things. And he's trying to think of like maybe, you know, what kind of drugs could be stored in something like that or, or what. So he ends up consulting with Claire Temple, um, who then tells him like, you know, he has a scar on his face from where he was hit the previous night. She's concerned, you know. And he's asking her these questions about these randomly specific things of like cooling drugs and things like that stored in a vial that's kind of big, things of that nature. So she's obviously concerned, but she tells him like, look, I don't know of anything like that that could be used at a street level. So we shift back to the dirt bike rider the night before. He brings the uh, vial of liquid to a parking garage where it is handed off to a man in a lab coat. This man thanks him for the 
vial and praises him saying that the boss will be pleased with what you've done. This will change the future of not only Hell's Kitchen, but New York in general. Daredevil then does his nightly rounds by the dock, this time to make sure that there's not another shipment or, you know, he's also trying to do like recon or trying to maybe go back to the scene and see if there's something that he missed in his fight and in his struggle. He goes there and off to the side in a separate, like almost like a hangar, he overhears a few henchmen in a card game. They're just hanging out, uh, either guarding a shipment, possibly. We don't really know. They're just they're they're hanging out and guarding something, playing cards. Then he hears a voice that's familiar, and he's like, "I know that voice." And it just so happens to be an officer that works on the force that he knows as being a kind of like a shady cop or like you know something along those lines. Uh, nonetheless, he just continues to try to listen in on their conversation to see what's going on, see if I can get any kind of information on what's going with these shipments. Um, all of a sudden, his ears screech and he like screams out. He realizes that that's flashbang. He can hear faintly like echoes of gunfire distorted cries ringing out when he gets to his senses he rushes to the scene and he senses that the person responsible is still alive but no one else is he confronts them begins fighting and this is where we get into the infamous comic pages of like two or three pages of just fighting they're struggling. Daredevil's beating him up, but then all of a sudden his batons are, one of his batons is uh, thrown away from him, knocked away. Uh, the person he's fighting grabs a knife and stabs him, but barely, barely grazes him actually on the, on the side of his stomach. Daredevil fights off the person with the knife, knocks the knife away. But right when he knocks the knife away, this person grabs a gun, shoots twice, once grazing his left arm, once grazing his, le- his right calf. He falls to the ground in pain. This person gets away. We never see the face. We don't see any kind of indications as to who they could be. But we know they used a knife. We know they used a gun. And we also know that they were in gloves and really didn't miss any shots. They just completely shot the place up. In our last little segment for this episode, or this issue, we see that we go to the doctor who was given the vial. He he, uh, walks in through this big building that we can only assume would be like an apartment complex of sorts, he gets to this uh, floor. He gets off with the vial. Heavily armed guards are all around him. He exits, walks into this massive apartment, super tall, gigantic, 
walks into this office. We see a dark figure in the back, puffing on like a cigar. The doctor says the plan is going accordingly. We just need a few more pawns to execute it. This giant figure in the darkness emerges, and it's Kingpin. And he says, I know a guy. The end. Yeah. That was very cool. Yeah. I'm just back here vibing. Yeah. Um, that was fun. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I could really picture that. Um, wow, that was cool. That was really cool. I, I wasn't sure what to expect. I had no, <laughs> I had no indicator uh, of what, what it was going to be like. Mm-hmm. But it makes you realize that uh, dialogue isn't as important for emotional reaction than just setting the mood, setting the scene, describing what's happening. Right. I feel like dialogue is almost the... I don't know. It's the it's the final piece of what what do they need to say to make this idea work? Right. Whereas if something that's dialogue based may sometimes have trouble reaching uh the interest of the viewer or right. the reader. I didn't really want this to be too dialogue heavy because it is an an audio podcast be. and it doesn't really need to be um and I think that's exactly what I was going for. And I'm glad it worked for you. <laughs> but uh, hopefully it worked for several other people that listened to it. But um, yeah, it's just uh, kind of painting scenes and piecing some things together. Um, uh, any questions about what happened or thoughts Not yet, that you have? man. That was fun. That was really cool. Yeah. Uh, I could see it. I could really see the scene. And it's almost like, you know, everything's built off of something that you've seen before. Right, right, right. So I've seen that in shows, that kind of thing. I was picturing kind of like a darker mm. uh, Gotham feel. Yeah, for that. Exactly. Um, was it was it a pier? Where, where was mm-hmm. it? So, okay. Yeah, yeah. That that was. Uh, I I could see the like the shipment crates and yep. stuff like yep. everywhere and and it's you know the, it's dark on the ocean or the sea or wherever it is, mm-hmm. but the you can see the lights of the downtown in the background and uh, a bridge somewhere out there. Yeah, the boats go under and. Uh, some bells just ringing in my head from the the harbor. Ding ding. ding yeah, ding, yeah. Uh, that was that was cool because yeah. you yeah. didn't do any of that, right? But I did. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's that's the goal. That's and I'm not goal. even necessarily the type of person that like reads a book and creates the world in my head, but it was it was really easy to be able to do that. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I'm intrigued. Going forward, uh, things will be. One thing will be revealed and because there's, there's a lot of vague things going on. You know, we have like a mysterious figure that Daredevil's fighting. Um, you know, who the heck is this doctor? Uh, what's in this vial? What, what, what's going on? Um, I can say that one thing would be revealed in the next issue. 
Uh, so. And Kingpin said, I have an idea. Is that what I, you said? I know a guy. I know a guy. I know a guy. Okay. He says it kind of like with a greedy, you know, kind of smirk. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. I I want to, yeah, I'm ready for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's cool. We can, uh, we can take that section out and put it in its own video as well, just to keep it easy to, uh, to access. access. I guess. Yeah. 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 That'd be, that'd be neat. I know a guy that can do that. Um, so I'm intrigued. I'm excited. That was a lot of fun. Uh, and it's kind of short. It's it's not. I didn't it want doesn't it to need to be long. long. Yeah, I didn't want it to be super long. You covered yeah. The first ten minutes of a, t of a TV show, right there. Yeah, yeah. Basically. Yeah. Maybe even longer. You might have covered the first like fifteen. You you covered until the the second commercial break or whatever you want to say. I think I hit. I, I did what I was setting out to do because I, I I I very much am writing this kind of based with a TV show mentality. And I think I hit all of the high points of what you would see in a recap of an episode. So, yeah. That was cool. And you've got the second one in your brain? Yep. Okay. That's very cool. I've actually I'm got, I think, maybe up to four and then probably the last two already. Cool. And yeah. we'll be releasing these stories one per week. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a lot of fun. I like that. Yeah. I'm and we're going to keep this the way that it is. You're not going to know anything. You're going to be experiencing I don't this know thing just as the listeners are, which will be awesome to see your reactions to right. things. So, That's very cool. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. Um, is there anything else you want to discuss before we head off here? Um, not really. I mean, we know, like I said, I mean, I, I, I kind of wanted to call this Daredevil election year uh, yeah I'm very intrigued to see where that goes um, because I think it's kind of important to the story man it just so happens to be on election day so I think that there's obviously a stressed importance right now with with our uh, election and I hope everybody that's listening to this you know if you are a US resident that you exercise your right to vote um, and uh, yeah We'll hope for uh, better things in the future. Yeah, so I guess the last thing I'm going to say is that um, some upcoming episodes, we're going to continue to like bring in random ranking episodes, which are really just fun for us to put together. And quite honestly, they're pretty easy because of um, how much time we've spent uh, thinking about this stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll have topical episodes. We'll have uh, episodes based off of his stories. Um, so expect all of the above to come in the future. You should be getting, um, films or, um, films, podcasts about once per week. Um, eventually we're going to get into some recaps of, you know, when these shows start coming out movies start coming out, we're obviously not going to, uh, beat around the bush there. We're going to go full deep dive into episodes and, and movies and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, I would assume that Marvel's going to release them on a one episode basis uh, on Disney Plus. Yeah, just based off of what Just they... like Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah. Just and based worked. off of that. Yeah. Um, so, is there anything that anybody wants to hear? I know we don't have, you know, a bunch of comments going off yet, but whether you're hearing this now, today, on November, what, 2nd, or in the future here, let us know if there's any topics you want to hear. Cause 
Uh, well, you have the power. Yeah, <laughs> we is. get one comment. It is 100% of the comments at the moment. If we get a comment November 3rd of 2021, right. you know, that's, that's just as important. Right. As, um, <laughs> so let us know if you want to hear anything. And we're so glad that you decided to hop on the, the video with us or the podcast with us, wherever you're reaching us at. We are on iTunes. We are on YouTube. Uh, hopefully we'll get on Spotify before too long. And just let us know if there's anything else you want to hear from us. So enjoy the rest of your day. And thanks for talking to us.